if you need a place to take a break, this would be a good place. Welcome to the Pot Smoking Moms podcast. I am Sunny D, your host, along with my homegirl, Captain J. Hello. And this is a podcast about two of the things that we, uh, well, I mean, we love a lot of things, but uh, we love our family and um, we're, we're very fond of cannabis. Um, so thanks so much for joining us. Um, if you um, if you like what you hear, please subscribe, rate, review, tell your grandma, tell your neighbors. You know, leave a little a little comment, a little review. You looking for your lighter? No. All right. What you got over there? What are we smoking today? Today we are um, trying some True Ground Citrus Serenade. It's a hybrid blend of two different strains and a ground flower so it's cheaper to buy so that's what we're smoking how much are you getting for it how much i believe this is um 27 dollars mm-hmm. for the ground and it's seven grams instead of nice. 3.5 cool. so you're getting more and it's all ground up what you're gonna do with it anyway and it's always good flour so yep yep here we go toast cheers Ooh, with the ice? That hits. Yeah. That little ice chamber in that, that bong's nice. Ooh, it's all arctic-y. All right. How's your week? Do you have any exciting new <sighs> things to share with everybody? Oh, my gosh. I'm finally going to start taking on some home renovation projects, and I got major anxiety about it. Cause so I'm like, oh my god, there's I have to make decisions, like big yeah, decisions. Yeah, no big decisions. And I'm still in the trying to find my contractor phase. Phase. Mm-hmm. And then it's like, okay, what am I gonna actually do? So when I have so many decisions, decisions like that, I get over overwhelmed. Yeah, overwhelmed. Mm-hmm. Exactly. Well, the good thing is, is you mm-hmm. don't have to do all the things right away. No, but I'm worried about doing something wrong now that's going to screw up something I want to do down the line. Yeah. Well, I mean, you definitely, um, you have time to like really think about how you really want to go with it. I think if you talk to a few people, mm-hmm. you might feel a little better yeah, after a I've while. Yeah, I've been asking my dad for advice and my stepmom yeah. and had my dad be here when one of the contractors came and all that and we'll see. And then I also have the back to school anxiety because school's going to be coming back soon. And I'm like extra sensitive this week because, you know. Yeah, it's almost that time. And I'm like crying at like all these TikToks of teachers in schools and stuff, like what they're doing to try to keep things like normal. Like I I saw this one teacher's class where she's like how she does all the activities and she has to make sure she does everything set up for all the kids separately. And they have all their own supplies. They don't share anything, you know, so each kid has their own like a little activity basket that has all this stuff. And for some reason that was making me cry. I yeah. don't know why I was like getting so overwhelmed with it. So I called uh, my son's school to see, cause we discussed last week how they're going to do a hundred percent virtual at the beginning, at least. So I wanted to see when we're going to get more information on that. When am I going to find out who the teachers is, is are we going to get a supply list of stuff that we're going to need at home? Just some information and make me feel a little yeah. more, even though it's few, still a few weeks away. Warm up. Mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. So I called them and they, the school was really nice and gave me some basic information. They said the week the week that school was originally supposed to start, which I think was the 24th, 
Um, they're actually going to have trainings that week with s- school staff and um, parents because they changed the virtual learning system. It's not the same thing that we had at the end of the last year. So everything's new. They're using a whole new system. They're not using Zoom. They're, they're p- using something else called K-12 or something. So I bet you people stepped in and started creating software for schools oh, yeah. because mm-hmm. are you kidding me? Mm-hmm. And they had a few months to start work on that. And so we'll see. But I felt a little better after talking to her and she said, I'm going to send you an email with at least a supply list of the stuff you would need. And I'm like, okay. So yeah, that's my life right now. Yeah, Anxiety. I'm sure I see I see TikToks of normal life happening and I'm terrified that it's just happening. Even like when you see TikToks of people are like, oh, the swankiest restaurant in town just got a facelift. And oh, everybody's wearing masks at this delicious tapas bar. And then it's like, oh, my God, seriously, we're doing like restaurant reviews in the middle of the pandemic. I don't know. I think it's a little bit fucking clownish, to be honest. It really is. It's promoting like, and then it's super fake too. It's like, you know what I mean? It's so set up and like, like, they want people to go out and and be part of the economy again, but like in a safe way, the safest way possible. I know. I just, it doesn't feel right. Yeah. Still, you know? Yeah. It doesn't feel right still. Mm, I'm good. I'm good. I'm good on eating out. Yeah. I'm not, I'm not going on an adventure to go looking for, you know. The best oyster Miami has to offer right fucking now. Okay. <laughs> I'm trying to stay alive, guys, to be honest. It's like, I don't know. It's kind of fucking silly. I guess. Yeah. I, it feels that way. Maybe I'm just just a terrible, mean old wench. I've turned into a, a carrot fucking troll. There's too much going on right now. <laughs> The highest reporters in all the land. (laughs) Sonny and Captain J. Ooh. So, um, as I just finished taking that little bong grip, I'm coughing up. Um, Weed is not good for your heart, studies say. Oh, geez. That just came out. Yeah. So, you may love smoking weed, but it's not good for your heart, says the American Heart Association on their next scientific statement on marijuana. So some of the studies analyzed by the medical group found that heart rhythm abnormalities such as tachycardia and atrial fibrillation fibrillation could occur within the, within the hour after smoking weed containing THC. Yeah, I would think that's the So they, they specifically that said be. that THC. So tetrahydrocannabinol is the psychoactive substance within marijuana that creates a high. As we all know, THC can also cause a faster heart rate (laughs) and increase the heart's need for oxygen, disrupt the walls of arteries and contribute to higher blood pressure while prone, while prone, according to other studies. So, I mean, I would imagine that, yes, THC would probably be out of all of the components to, um, Weed, I feel, feel like THC would probably be the one to drive this home. Uh, chest pain, heart attacks, heart rhythm disturbances, and other serious heart conditions are associated with both tobacco and marijuana carbon monoxide intoxication, the statement mm-hmm. said. 
So studies show for anyone with existing heart disease, risks go up. Uh, smoking weed has triggered heart attacks, a high risk of strokes and heart failure in people with underlying heart disease. But in comparison, CBD, cannabinol, cannabinoid, I can never say these. Cannabidol. CBD. Take it away. <laughs> Take it away, English which, dictionary. Which, as we know, is one of the other chemicals in cannabis. Does not make you high like THC, um, nor does it cause harm to the heart. Because I guess it doesn't increase your heart rate like the other. And then, fact, it says here, in fact, studies reviewed by the medical group, group, group <laughs> showed possible links to lower blood pressure. Because, see, that's what I always heard, that it's, it can lower your blood pressure smoking cannabis. But now... They're saying the THC can rise it. So I'm thinking high THC strains or just THC concentrates. But like if you smoked high CBD strains with lower THC, it probably wouldn't be as bad because they're saying the the CBD is not bad. Because it causes lower blood pressure, reduced heart rate, and less inflammation. inflammation. Yeah, CBD is uh, the magic most of the magic i mean i'm a big fan of thc don't get me wrong but together they're perfect together they're perfect i like strains that have both or even like when you smoke and if you smoke like cbd after it's nice it really mellows it out you know CBD expert, Captain J. <laughs> Got fact, any CBD after questions? This, after this, uh, we'll take a couple more hits of these citrus serenade. Be nice and high <laughs> off this high THC blend. And then I have a couple CBD J's there that we can oh, for real? try. Yeah, so. Okay, she's walking the walk. <laughs> talking the talk and smoking the smoke. <laughs> Look at you. Let's do it. In other news... <laughs> A grandmother arrested for CBD, talking about CBD, she's arrested for CBD at Disney World, sues company with powerful legal team. She's got to stand up start starters for her legal team. Mm-hmm. Wait till you hear about these attorneys. A 70-year-old woman is suing the Walt Disney Company over her arrest at Disney's Magic Kingdom in Florida last year for possession of CBD oil. Hester Burkhalter A grandmother who suffers from arthritis was arrested after an off-duty sheriff's deputy. Another fucking, another one of these pop larts. It's a cop, though. Oh, he's a sheriff. Sheriff. He's off-duty. Discovered. I know he's off-duty. That's what makes him pop (laughs) larty. Discovered the oil in her purse at a security checkpoint. I think he was working for Disney off-duty. But he wasn't working like, because cops take jobs all the time off-duty. So, but then he this was is being additional. paid by Disney. Yeah, to he be was being paid guy. by Disney. Mm-hmm. Right. So he was like, okay. But he's a cop. So he's like, oh, I see this. Yeah, oh, this is what? obvious. I know I, what this is. I know what this is. What? Again, guy. Yeah, exactly. Mm-hmm. Keep going. <laughs> oh, Jesus Christ. Her, de- Her detention was filmed and created headlines across the world. While the charges were subsequently dropped following a 12-hour stint in jail. No. Pobrecita. She's now seeking compensation from the massive entertainment conglomerate. You go, abuela. Take them down. 
She's got a legal powerhouse behind her, too. So attorney Ben Crump will lead the case. He's the same lawyer who's worked on multiple high-profile cases, including the killings of unarmed black Americans such as Trayvon Martin and Michael Brown. And he's currently representing the families of Breonna Tyler, Taylor and uh, George Floyd. Oh, wow. Um, so, yeah, to say he's a good attorney, I'm sure is an understatement. The situation illustrates Disney World's lack to two things, common sense and common decency and how they treat people, the lawyer uh, Crump says. Uh, during a press call on Wednesday, it is entirely outrageous that Disney World would discriminate against people who have medical conditions that don't respond to common pain relievers. And then and he goes, he on, goes to on, say, on to say, <laughs> it's one thing for Disney to say because she had CBD, she was not allowed to come onto their property. It is another thing entirely to have a law enforcement arrest her and put her in jail for 12 hours after she told them the oil was recommended by her doctor for medical reasons. <laughs> it is disgraceful. Hold on, I lost my phone. It is disgraceful that the Orange County Sheriff's Department would treat this cherished grandmother like a common criminal in front of her family and her children who were with them to have her children ask, why would Mickey Mouse arrest grandma? Oh, my God. He went in hard. Like, that's rough, though, like to be arrested like that in front of your grandkids. Yeah. On vacation. On vacation. Pretty. I wonder how old her grandkids are. CBD oil? Yeah, it's that's crazy. So the lawsuit is filed in the Ninth Judicial Court uh, of Florida names both Walt Disney and the Sheriff's Department as the defendants because I guess he works for the Sheriff's Department. It alleges illegal detention, false arrest and violation of her rights. Disney and the Orange County Sheriff's (laughs) Department cannot give back what they stole from Hester Burkhalter. Her dignity, her sense of pride in her esteemed role as matriarch of her family. These are all words that the lawyer said. Yeah, she's quoting the lawyer right now. (laughs) It reads like a fucking... I love it though, he's so good. Her esteemed role as matriarch of her family and the sense of security her family shared in knowing that she would be there to enjoy her time together. This case will show Disney's true colors because right now they're anything but magical. (laughs) He goes on to say, we need people of good moral character to stand up to Mickey Mouse. Stand up to Mickey Mouse. And say that civil rights come in many different forms Mickey Mouse has an obligation to all the people. Uh, everyone. <laughs> all the people. And uh, I love how he goes into it, though. I mean, he's not wrong. She he's was being detained. a little dramatic. But I mean, like, but that's I get what, it. But it's that's what pretty, a good attorney does. But no, that's what a good sure. attorney does. For sure. She was detained in the back of a patrol car. Uh, car and she said that she felt claustrophobic and that she couldn't breathe. Police followed through with her request to be transported to the station alone as opposed to being transported transported along with other individuals who had been arrested for possession of cannabis vaporizer. So I guess somebody else had gotten arrested and 
She wanted to be transported alone. She was also allowed to be taken to the facility in the front seat of the patrol car. Okay, so they were trying to be a little accommodating, arresting grandma. I but a boguto again. But why like, did they whatever. arrest her? Why, why couldn't they just confiscate much. it or just tell her you can't come in? Oh my God. Or like write a ticket. Like, did you really have to arrest her? Like, I don't get that. Like, really? I mean, anybody. I don't know. I'm just like, why do people keep like being outrageous about stuff? <laughs> You know, tone it down. Yeah, tone it down. CBD, insane. So her attorney stressed that um, she had rec- been recommended the CBD oil for her arthritis by her physician in Tennessee. And um, while in Florida, we do require you be registered for medical marijuana. Hemp derived CBD is federally yeah, legal. CBD is legal. You so, don't even buy that anyway. And I'm sure if it's gotten to this point, she's proven whatever she had was actually CBD. Yikes, Aroni. So Disney, Mickey Mouse is on trial. Oh <laughs> he said Mickey Mouse. Yeah. He was going after Mickey Mouse. It's not Mickey's fault. It was. The is guy, it though? Is it Mickey's fault? Mickey. <laughs> I don't even want to think about all this shady business Disney's into. <laughs> oh my God, please don't. Let's not taint it. So, um. Last week, we had part one of uh, an interview that we had with Mr. and Mrs. Boys and Bud uh, from Canna Mom Gang. Um, it was a really great conversation we had with them. We actually had to split it into two segments. Um, the, here we have a really good conversation. And I really think um, when she talked about how she approached the subject of cannabis with her children, mm-hmm. um, I think really the way she approached it was very, very interesting um, so uh, here's the rest of that interview. This is part two with Mrs. Boys and Bud. A lot of their problems and maybe getting them off a lot of their medicines. So if their doctors aren't open to that discussion, then yeah, change your doctor. I mean, I hate to say that, but I think that's the reality of it. It's That's a big thing to consider. I mean, sadly, there's a huge number of psychiatrists that will um, refuse to see a patient if they say they're on cannabis. So you know, you filling out that form sitting in the waiting room, you check that box and they turn you away from the receptionist. Talk about dangerous. That's, that's a bad place to be turned away, but that's a mistake. Now, alternatively, I've noticed a lot of pain specialties not turning people away, being completely open to the idea. I think that's because they're seeing people um, being able to wean themselves off the narcotics and actually get good pain relief. Maybe not complete, but at least partial pain relief that, they're saying, no, open to doing it. And they're, what they're not seeing is complications related to it. So that's good. I think that's promising. I think there's that, at least they're listening in that field. But we need, we do need to normalize it. We need more people talking about it or feeling comfortable talking about it. If you're not, yeah, if you're not honest about it, then people don't, they can't help you. You know, it's like, I know people are scared of admitting, you know, what, street drugs they may or may not use but it's like you're not going to get the help you need unless you're honest about it and it's like now that cannabis is so helpful in many ways to treat the other narcotics it's more important to be honest with your doctor but it goes both ways being legal medically i feel like people feel a little more comfortable now maybe telling their doctor but in states where it's not legal at all yet 
they're probably extremely very scared to say anything to their doctor about their use. Yeah, definitely. You know, there's definitely that fear of retribution of some sort, you know, calling child protective services. Well, that's I mean, a huge fear. We've heard, you know, and that's, that's scary to be able to go into somebody. That relationship with your provider should be obviously very closed. I mean, that should be a conversation between two people. You should never feel at risk that way. But yeah, we've created that fear in so many people because the legality of it is so unclear um, or completely illegal in a lot of states, or which biased. I think is unfortunate or biased. Yeah. So many of these healthcare providers are just biased from the way they were. Well, that's the other thing I wanted to say is that the, the fear goes both ways. I think a lot of medical providers don't want to hear about it or don't want to talk about it because they don't know enough about it and they don't understand it. Mm-hmm. And that's, yeah. that's a failure in medical education. We just, that's, that's literally a, probably 15 minute segments of one lecture in a, you know, 40 hour series type thing. So you're not learning enough. And so when we don't know, you either got to go out there and really learn about it or on your own, on your own. legally, legally, they're, they're allowed, not doing, they're not allowed to formally educate because it's not federally legal. So that's why, it's, yeah, that's why there's a lot physicians of physicians can't but they're, formally educate, you know, they're not formally educating physicians right? because it's not federally legal. But they don't understand. So they don't understand it a little bit. I forgot where I was going with that, but that's okay. Some some physicians are scared. You know, goes both ways. Well, they just don't know. They just don't understand it. There's not enough knowledge behind it, too. So that's unfortunate. But now, with some of the research coming out, there actually is some medical information out there. So I think now people are starting to be like, you know, at some point you got to get over it and you have to be open to what people are telling you. Enough people are telling you good things about something or negative things about something. You better be knowledgeable about that thing. So there's got to be a movement and they're starting to be that. I think it's got to be among doctors too and, and nurse practitioners and nurses and physician's assistants and advanced providers. You have to have, you know, be open to the dialogue and at least listen to somebody and see what they have to say and research it. It's no different than the new drug, the drug work came to talk to you about. They brought you coffee, but this patient's just bringing something important to them. So I think people should listen and, and learn and we should hold people accountable to it too. Learn. Do something with it. Yeah, that's, I think, all. that's, it's, that's the bottom line is learn. Learn. Yeah, it's yeah. no different from anything else in our life. We should learn about it. And there's going to be good, there's going to be some negative, but we should take something out of it. And I, certainly, I, I've been to lectures from people I, I really respect in the medical community, enough to really open my eyes to some opportunities for cannabis in so many different parts of our life. But I'm really particularly interested in mental health and neurologic health, but in pediatrics in pediatrics, but there's just such incredible opportunity out there that to not open your minds to that and not kind of commit to that. And at least listen, I think is really unfortunate because we have to stimulate that um, economy too, so that there is some interest in developing those things, you know, both in the university setting and out of the university setting, but there's, there's hope out there and there's incredible, incredible opportunities and some studies in there to support it too. So I'm hopeful that we're going to see in the next decade, huge things come out of cannabis. I just hope it's kept small and kept true cannabis, not chemistry because chemistry can get in the way. Yeah. Don't all yeah. yeah. But then by when money gets involved, you know, that's the danger when, when money gets involved, um, you know, and money can help us in a lot of different ways. I always think of this. If, in one way, if the president wanted to federally legalize cannabis, the motivation would be money. 
because think of the tax they would collect. So that's great. That's a great reason to get them to federally legalize it because it would help us do a lot of other things that we need to do. Yeah. So maybe that's a good thing. You know, maybe we have to suck that up for a little bit. Um, but I'm, I'm still hopeful that at some point they'll see it. I think the states and local governments are seeing the income come in. I think it's too much. I think we overtax, but maybe they'll see that there is an agreement here where it can, it can balance out. Because if we can federally legalize this, it will open up um, research awesome. and opportunities and shared information. And you're going to see an explosion of opportunity, hopefully for those small growers too. I think the answer is going to be in the, in the net most natural product well, you can find. I'm, I'm hopeful. Jay, didn't you just say in one of your last episodes that there was something new passed about they can get samples. Was it you or sam- they can get samples from growers, not just from federal yes. local growers. Yeah. They actually was the department of transportation that they passed the bill. Oh, that's right. <clears throat> Because they want to have more research on how it impairs drivers, like your judgment when you're driving. So they actually put something in their bill where they want it to uh, open up that access of where they can get. Because right now they can only get the the medical marijuana that they um, the marijuana from the government grown at like University of Mississippi or something Mm -hmm. only from there. And this is going to allow them to get it from like local, um, like local retail. They're allowed to purchase from local dispensaries or something like that. Exactly. Sample, you know, to test so, and do research on. Because that would make more sense because that's what people are consuming. You know, that's what people are buying. People are buying from that from that met research facility that just yeah. grows that same. I don't think they're buying you a van weed. Yeah. 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 <laughs> that's at least sensible, you know. But you wonder what's going to come out of that, too. I don't know. I always worry about that. What, what, are they gonna, what data are they going to get out of that? Well, one of the... Um, Probably proof that the stuff that's grown local and with small growers is probably much stronger. I would yeah. imagine. <laughs> yeah, right? yeah. Better quality. Right. Better quality, right? I mean yeah. you know, a control those government mids. <laughs> so so that could potentially be used against cannabis. That's my only fear is that that right. kind of data could be yeah, used. Yeah, but like how is that any different than like moonshine versus oh, like not. a wine cooler? It's not. But that it's argument's not. that argument's being made. It's so a person's choice. Yeah. of the strength and the volume it's still you know what i mean um but at least they're creating a database so yeah. the interesting thing is how do you share information across all of these states that have i i'm sure i mean i, I can imagine that weed grown in california is very different than weed grown in parts of oregon you know it's much like wine yeah. in different parts of areas so like or apples because it's a place or apples or anything else i mean it's like we have we have some you know, vague information about farming we understand. So it's, yeah. so we need to understand those things because the answer might be so specific that much like a winery, that certain grape can help with something, you know. Um, there are certain strains that help with weight loss. There are certain strains that help prevent migraines, you know. So those things might be so specific to a, specific, a region that mm-hmm. we have to start doing studies on those. And then I, I like the idea of people sharing experiences, side effects, different things like that and collecting that data because there's answers in this that would be really fun to unravel over the next decade and, and see, because, and people know people that have found their, their strain for their fibro or for their migraines know that works for them and and they're committed to it. So it's interesting to hear when you talk to people about that. They're the experts. There needs to be more studies to see why does that work for that person? What is it about that strain? Is was it the certain terpenes in it? Is it like the no. the ratios of you know THC? Yeah, but that is like that research. You're not gonna see that anytime soon. 
No, I mean, not to let you guys. I know, but it's it's going to take so long. And what about, like, I I love all that isolating from a distance. They can't do it on human. What about we just want to smoke weed? Models. Yeah. Well, the good news is, you could, though. You could do it all prospectively. Well, but now you could just do it as as just shared data. So, like, I, I think forget. Forget putting people in the lab and giving like them a specific journaling. thing. Just do shared journaling. Now, the data is not going to be as good as you would get in, in a very controlled study on 100 people that, you know, were, were cannabis-free for, you know, 60 days beforehand or something like that. But if you looked at millions of people sharing their experience with, their with this form, and mm-hmm. that helped my this, but it gave me that. You know, we're already starting to get that data. It's you look up when you look up the strain. Like, yeah, like oh, when really? moms ask each other, "What have you tried for this?" or "This works good for my cramps," or "This good," you know, it's the same thing we're doing, and that they can do that in a grander scale. Yeah, they're and already they doing it with some strains. Like you'll look up a strain when we get something new, and you'll see what the side effects. People don't like. Oh, about eighteen percent get dry mouth, and but some people like it for its energizing. So we're getting some of that information already. It's informal. But that's okay. That's where we maybe we need to I'll start. I'll take what I can get. Yeah. Weed. Leafly. Yeah. Leafly. Yeah, Leafly. that's what it is. Whatever. But there's a couple sources out there, but that's helpful to people because, interestingly, people come to me and ask, and I'm not smart enough to know. I mean, it, it's like... They ask you strain information? Yeah, absolutely they do. And and I don't know that stuff. I, I don't. But, you know, it's it'd be like good. a textbook of medications. You know, I it's complicated. Know. With I don't know I don't I don't how do I I don't even gauge what I don't know I don't I'm not as detailed. There's so much information, but I also feel like sometimes it's too much, and I like keeping it simple too. Because sometimes I'm like, oh, what's this? Cool, yeah, I'll have some, (laughs) and that's all I need to know. Right. Uh huh. I bought myself. You like it? You like it? Okay, let me. I'll try it. Like I said, maybe for you know if they have to do the whole medicinal, then you know I get the federal. But it's like they don't care about the side effects of big pharma it's like why are they caring so much about every single tiny aspect of this plant well yeah and it's complicated but it can be done i mean i think my interest really peaked in this maybe six or seven years ago when i went to a a lecture that was done on um at disney pediatric um epilepsy epilepsy and, it, you know, you sit in these lecture halls and you go through quite a few and some are good and some are mediocre, but this one was particularly good. And the speaker was engaging and he had videos and all kinds of things. And I thought, wow, this guy's a really great speaker. Um, and as he went through it, it turned out he was an emergency room doctor. He's telling the story and go, well, what the hell is an emergency room doctor giving this amazing, the best lecture I've ever heard of on pediatric seizures. And as the lecture goes through he talks about all these terrible, terrible options he went through to, um, to, to get this patient's seizures under control. I mean, all these terrible medicines that had weird side effects and made her a zombie and, I mean, really did these terrible things. Then he ended up at Harvard or some incredible hospital where he met with the top neurologist in the world who said, hey, you've been through everything. He goes, the only other thing you could do is a lobectomy where they remove a, half of the brain in this poor little girl who was having... 120 seizures a day. I mean, it was crazy. And he, it turns out this was his daughter. So this is how this whole thing comes together. And this is like emotional thing. And he goes, well, there's no way I'm going to have that. You remove half her brain. There's no way I'm going to do that. And this top neurosurgeon pulls him aside and he goes, listen, I know you're an emergency room doctor. 
I know your beliefs. I, you're, you're not going to believe this, but look to cannabis and consider it. And that's what he took away from this like top, top person. He came back to California, um, changed his attitude about cannabis in that flight, started researching, reading, 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 got his nine-year-old uh, card, a medical card in California, and started ordering and testing and doing different things with her and figuring out what would work. And over time found a very specific strain that really worked. And she was able to go to school for the first time in her life because of cannabis. That's crazy, right? That's crazy. So I thought, okay, here's a guy who was anti-cannabis. He was an ER doctor. He blamed everything on it. And he admitted this too. And he said it changed her life to the point where she was having, she wasn't seizure free, but she was down to like one to two seizures a day. So she became a functional little girl because of that. And he just said, open your mind to it. You know, he was, he was talking to a good group of doctors and most of which were probably anti-cannabis. And he was such, he was such a just compelling speaker. And I thought, wow, listen to somebody like that. Start learning. And that's when I started reading and kind of opening my mind. And that's when I kind of yeah, you went to that made the suggestion to you yeah. for you to consider it for you because there's a lot of research in mental health. And I thought, wow, there's really, there's hope out there. Like maybe, maybe, maybe we could find answers to things and it doesn't have to be this The thing is, it's like a lot of people have had these answers. They're just not allowed to be called answers. So because... many people. Have, so, so in Berkeley, you know, it's, I went to Berkeley, which was a phenomenal place to be. I loved it, it but it was so different from the way I grew up. But up there, um, cannabis has a, a two cultures. You know, it has the culture that's the street sales, which are the, you know the regular street sales, and then you got the hippie culture where they are literally growing it in their front yard. You know, and they're proud of it. You know, and like the police don't. Yeah, they're not going to mess with you know Louise, who's sixty-seven. You know, I mean that's who people were, and they talked about it. But they knew their strains, and they knew the story behind it, and they're that they know this stuff. Like people know cannabis they know their strains so it's like some of that information is already out there well, we just been, need to figure yeah, generations to, yeah how do we open it up and how do we allow them to you know really i think people want to open up about it but every time they open up their mouth they're criminalized about it so it's like what's or somebody wanna, to talk about it now yeah. when history has shown that if you open your mouth bad things happen There may may not be a lot of research about all these benefits, but there's hundreds of years of anecdotal experiences with the plant. The old old bottles of sativa tincture and cannabis tincture that was, you know, used as medicine prior to it being made illegal. You're right. The anecdotal evidence is there. So... And, and, and the danger say, is hey. those experts are there and they have been criminalized. They have been minimalized. I mean, terribly, really. So and, and then now people want to monetize it. And for them, that's like, wow, that was never their intent. Like it was never the intent to like the original learn about community. this. And, you know, the original cannabis community really wasn't about that. It was about the plants and, you know, the, the everything. So, so it's they're agricultural to them. The same way people right. grow. We drive up the, you know, central California, you see all the apples, orchards, and like the oranges and the nuts and all the vineyards growing. And it's like, uh, those farmers, they didn't probably plant those plants thinking that they're going to get rich and this is their, you know, ticket to the American dream of wealth. And it's the same for this plant. And it's like, 
but the people find out that you can make that, you know, it gives it a, out of it, and then they're like, oh, wait, wait, this needs to be controlled more. Yeah, it's, so it's unfair. But th- there's a lot, you're right, there's a lot of the history there. It needs to be equated there. with that we can tap Other into, plants. but we have to respect that. Well, that's funny it's, that you say that because um, we, <clears throat> when we first started doing the podcast, we started listening more to, you know, uh, whatever petitions were to be voted in for whatever's going to be voted on, right? Here in Florida. Here in Florida. There were two petitions. One was allowing you to grow your own, and one was oh, saying man. we'll legalize it, but it's you can't you can't grow your own. Mm-hmm. The one that we wanted didn't get enough signs on the petition. The other other people did, but then we were like, we don't want to support this because why wouldn't you be able to grow your own? Yeah. And then it turns our, our minds into another direction. It's like, I don't want to just sign off on stuff because it makes marijuana legal. I want to sign yes. off on stuff that makes sense. Legislation yeah. that's going to benefit people who have been locked up for things or who have been damaged by it. I mean, I know people who, who got locked up for it and they can't participate in any programs anywhere where uh-huh. it's because of it. They need to fix all the problems they did first before they start. You know, it's the whole thing. It's like people are, you know, making money off weed while people are in jail for making money off weed. And that's right. Okay. And it's all the people and all the corporations who put these people there in the first place. It's insane to me. Mm -hmm. I, I, you know, I I don't want to see that go in that direction. I really, if if we're not ready to write it the right way and make it legal the right way and make all of the other stipulations for it to be legal, you know, written into legalization, then I don't want a bill for legalizing marijuana, you know. Yeah, if it's not done the right way. And and they've purposely piecemealed it like that. So they purposely created those two so they would compete against one another. That's not fair. Why would you have to have, why wouldn't each one be an independent question? They wouldn't have to exclude one another. Right. Why does that happen? You know, that's that's unfair. So, and you're right. If we federally change this and legalize it and could go back and get all of those people that have been, you know. They lost their lives. No, but even, I mean, terrible that people are in jail or prison because of anything. I mean, that just makes no sense to me. We take them away from their job, their families, um, for, for something that is really should not be criminalized. And all those people that just got tickets related to it or some kind of other negative thing that worked against them for job employment or didn't get a job because of it or exactly. something. And you reversed all that and you normalized all those people, then those people would say, hey, guess what? And I've got something to teach you. These medicines work this way and this works this way. Because now we say, we're sorry, we're wrong, you know, and allow them. Yeah, it's not, it's not, we can't equate that, but it's like. Give them the power to educate. To to do what we've done to them has to be fixed. Like that has to be fixed. It's to allow people to be making all this money and not fix that is. Exactly. But I feel like, um, I think like, I don't know why. Maybe it's just me. I feel like an American value that's been kind of a thing that's been normalized now is like not being able to accept that you're wrong and apologize and learn from it and prove yourself. Now it's like, uh, it's like everybody's, it's very American to deny the fuck out of it and not even acknowledge it and try to throw it away and not, you know, 
Like people are people. You make mistakes. Accept it. Take responsibility for it. Grow from from it. Because ultimately, you're not backing your word up if you're not growing from your learning of it. Mm-hmm. And then, like, why? So that would that I don't know. I just feel like that all ties into. It needs to be fixed before it's made this big like. It's like yeah. we're committed to maintaining the mistake. Mm-hmm. It's like we're making it so hard to just say, whoa, 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 wait. You know, there are so many reasons for us to reverse all these things. I mean, there's, it's very hard to find a negative reason. It's very hard to find a reason not to normalize this and to reverse all these terrible things that happen. So why aren't we doing it? We're mm-hmm. so committed to maintaining this mistake. I just don't understand it. Like, Because the I mistake was made it. by the people that run the country or or because there's a lot of people still running the country but there's a lot of, yeah, it's just and it's like, make money off of it being illegal yeah, right it's those yes it's because the money prisons make, make money off of it being illegal that don't yes. want it to be legal the pharmaceutical until company until they can yeah until they, they can figure out how to make that much money or more on it legally right. they're not going to flip it you're right they, they won't flip it until they can flip the income. And until they cover, they have to make it to cover their losses on, you know, paying restitution, whatever, for people that have been pardoned and whatnot. But imagine, imagine what it would be like if you could, in the same way I can grow tomatoes in my and our sage out there. garden and my sage and sell it on the corner. Sell it on the corner. I mean, imagine if you could grow cannabis in the same way. And sell it on your. Imagine what. Do you know what I mean? Like our neighbors grow grapes and sell it on the corner. They make grapes into wine and sell it on the corner. That's not a big stretch. It's not a big stretch. So imagine if we got to that that part, you would create an economy all of its own. You would reinvigorate those small growers, those those old timers that really knew how to do it. How cool would that be? And they hire back all the people, or you know, learn from people that went to prison for it it's like they need to be mistakes yeah we need to build them up first yeah absolutely the the true cannabis culture started a long time ago like it can't be redefined yeah i mean what is finding it in egyptian pyramids and shit yeah well i mean the u.s cannabis (laughs) culture u.s cannabis culture yeah (laughs) it's like it's been around (laughs) yeah Mm -hmm. absolutely Mm -hmm. Yeah. Yeah, I remember after you went to that lecture, it was at Disneyland Hotel. It's like because they have continuing med- medical education every year, they have to get so many hours. And he always went to the one at the Disneyland Hotel and he's like, oh, I just had the best lecture. And like, we were never opposed to cannabis. Like, we were always just like, whatever about it, you know, I don't think we were never anti cannabis. <laughs> In our like in our own personal feelings, mm-hmm. and then so after it, but it kind of like, you realized it would it help put it more on our radar as far as like yeah. options, and you yeah. started using it more for your mental health. You yeah, yeah. and yeah. and once you start researching it, you realize there's a lot more information out there than we know about, or at least it's colloquially spoken about. It's it's out there. I was amazed once I started looking. Um, I was really kind of following the seizure thing just because that fascinated me. But when it opened up into mental health, I immediately thought of Laura because I thought, wow, she's been, she's been good. But I, I just wonder like, how much is this medicine doing to her? Is it holding her back from other things? Um, yeah, Cause you do get the zombie flu. Like you'll come home and I'm just like, you know, stagnant. And it's like, is that better? 
but it's like, I don't want to be like, you know, with my bipolar depression, I don't want to be like sobbing. And then, you know, I, I don't know if the zombie is better. I don't know if the zombie is, you know, or sobbing is better. It's like, what's the lesser of two evils or, you know, so I've been able to replace, you know, use cannabis to replace more of the, the ebbs and flows of like the bipolar mood swings. And so where I'm not, I'm not sobbing as long. Does that, that make sense? Mm -hmm. It doesn't, you know, make it go away, but I'll use it the way someone would use a Xanax because I have a Xanax prescription and it just sits there. I don't do anything with it, but that was my personal choice. But it kind of like, you know, it kind of stops the, some of the episodes in their tracks. So you can like take a minute and refocus. So I still need my, um, I still take my antidepressants for, you know, to keep stuff even, but before the, but for the spikes of the up and down, it's definitely beneficial. Yeah, I've seen you be very open about that, like, in your stories, like, how... Well, people have told me all the time, oh, we can tell when you're cycling. But I still use my pharmaceutical meds, like, showing your pills. Yeah, and that I'm I'm in with the plants over pills, but sometimes I still need, it's okay to need some pills for certain things, you know, the same way someone with high cholesterol or, well, you know. Well, I guess that can be fixed with diet. <laughs> well, but but I'm and I'm so hopeful though. I think there's opportunity out there that maybe we'll learn even more about this. And and you know, it's interesting to me because even in the very short time it's been studied, we're already realizing that you know when when CBD came out as a big push, um, unfortunately that it just made it easy and legal, and you could do all these things with it. So it it overpopulated markets and was the promise to everything. So unfortunately that I think was really bad for cannabis because lots of people bought that, you know, low quality CBD that promised something that didn't deliver. Well, they're hard. These are hard plants to grow. We all know that if you've ever tried to grow a plant, you know, it takes an expert. It takes a lot of money. It takes a lot of time. So they're hard to do. So I think that gave people kind of a negative spin on it because the good quality products do make a big difference. And then, the other thing we realized is that THC matters. Um, we knew that a long time ago. We, we knew that in pediatric neurology. We, we knew that in pain. We, we've known that in a lot of things. THC matters. So ratios matter. It doesn't have to be a higher ratio. I mean, sometimes one to 10 or one to three, yeah. but, but you need a little. So that means that those, all those CBD products out there could be tuned up a little bit. They could even be a little better. So we have to. We, this is where we have to have a movement towards, um, at least across the nation, and normalizing this, legalizing it, um, and talking about it, and rectifying way. past mistakes. Yeah, and just 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 backing up to a place where maybe things were better, and just admitting our mistakes from the past and moving forward. We have to. We have to change who's in <clears throat> control of all those choices. You know, because the people that are running you know, the counties and the states and the governments, it's like, if you're not really reaching the top, then you're, you know, you got to start small though. I think yeah. if you start small, it's, it's good. There's a lot of incredible people out there now doing small things that are going to add up. And if you think about the cannabis culture, it was always small things that added up to a bigger culture. So like, let's do that again. Like if we can get, you know, let, well, let people back to so what they were doing before. 
and allow them now yeah. to do it legally and now to produce income on it and to do things on it, then you're recreating that, that culture that, that can resupport itself. But, but boy, we owe it something because we've destroyed it. We really, we've, we've pushed it into the, the darkest area. So they just, people isolate to themselves. Some of the yeah. best growers will, will probably still grow for themselves and they just probably still do it. Yeah. Going yeah. back to like, like you're saying, normalizing it, you know, um, a big part of that is at home, making it normal. Like how yeah. open are you with your kids? Do they ask about cannabis? What do they know? Like, how did you talk to your kids about cannabis? If you have a teenager down to a... <clears throat> I'll answer in just one. Yeah. (laughs) Listen, we're going to be done probably in like 15 minutes. Listen, the more that you come in and ask, that's what delays talking to our friends. We'll be done quick, buddy. And then we'll go in the pool. Slides on. We're almost done. Yeah, we'll be done. You can say hi to Miss J and Miss Sunny D. Hi. (laughs) Okay. He misses you. He likes every force. He likes to be a part of everything. That's <laughs> it's not just me because he'll do it to him too. He really likes to be involved with everything. Okay, come on. I'm gonna answer that question. <clears throat> Is there a dog behind the couch? Oh my god, there's a dog behind oh my god, the couch. I love your dog. I want to see. <laughs> oh, oh, sweetheart. Oh, my okay. baby's here. Come here, baby. Oh, there's a baby. Oh, baby. Okay. You can love her. She got in the pool and went in your room. Your the video. She came, like, yeah, this is like this is like the guest room, but there's like a door. There's a door to go outside. So they're like, come in there, that door that's open. And then I'm like, oh hi. Okay, all right. Oh, she's decided where she wants to go this way. Where are you gonna go? She's staring at a wall. She's in the corner. And then we'll answer. Okay, you can go and answer. She's a yeah, okay, the question was how we talked to our kids about cannabis. Mm-hmm. It was very um, slow going, which is kind of how you want it to be anyway and happen organically. You don't want to just like show up one day and be like, you know. And so when we first started using cannabis, we used it um, privately in our room or like in the bathroom or something like that. And honestly, you know, and they did ask, what's that smell or whatever? And I would say I would put on, I would burn incense or essential oils, and I would say, oh, it's mommy's essential oils, or it's mommy's mommy's incense, or something like that. So I did cover it up in the beginning, and I was, but I was trying to like introduce it first yeah. and in the right way because I have, you know, strong memories of being in junior high and smelling cannabis in the bathroom. So I'm like, my kid's in junior high. I'm not gonna assume he has or hasn't smelled it before, but if he's gonna smell that smell. And then smell it at school or where you know wherever you may encounter it. I want him to associate it with positivity and not like bad. You know what I mean? Yeah. So I wanted to make sure that the smell that may be associated with his parents now, you know, <laughs> it wasn't a bad thing. Yeah. So and it kind of evolved. Um, I'll, I'll interject something. Yeah. I think something that helped also was. Um, growing it. Oh, we had it. I was getting there. Yeah. When we had a couple of plants early on, you know, especially because yeah, we we, we grow other things and they were and literally apples, and we've done you know pumpkins. The pumpkins they were next to the pumpkins. Literally, they were next to the pumpkins. Um, and they had to be cared for and spoken about. And I always said what they were. I said it was cannabis medicine plant or right. And so from that early on, even they could 
experience kind of what it okay. was that it was good. Okay, I need to admit, I did lie the first year. I said it was Thai basil. You said it was Thai basil. That's yes. Funny. <laughs> I'm pretty sure I did the cameras. No, no, no. Definitely convinced. Because they were smaller. It was my one little thing, and it was literally next to, like, other basil. And, like, they. I think he was seven then, so it wasn't really on his radar. Because this was, like, six or seven you know, years yeah, ago. Yeah. And it was more of a joke. Like, you know, like, oh, it was all Thai basil. But then I did end up telling, you know, this is cannabis, and I was making, you know, growing makes a huge difference because you're able to relate. Like I would say, you know, here's the plant growing and then here's this. And then I even have, we have a little hydraulic press and I would say, and you can smash it and it turns it into oil and then you can use it. You can scan or ingest it. So it was more about visually relating it to like, Visually relating it from like our backyard. They're renovating their house. Yeah. They're banging on it. They're banging on the door. So, and then um, it kind of evolved from there slowly. You know, um, we still don't use it in front of them, it's still in our room, but we're open about what it is now, what it's used for, and, um, you know, what we use it for. Like I say, mommy uses it for our mental health and whatnot. And my, my son, our oldest son, when he was in, I don't know if it was last year or the year before, sixth grade. Sixth grade, he came home from um, D.A.R.E. at school. <laughs> he came home from the D.A.R.E. assembly oh at school. Still? They still did do that? Oh, they still do D.A.R.E. They still oh, do the yeah. D.A.R.E. at school. So he came home from the D.A.R.E. at school. And um, he... We have like the Amazon Alexas, and sometimes we'll like use them, like go to bed, you know, boys, do a little announcement or something. Sometimes, sometimes. okay. So he, little passive aggressively, my little teenager or sixth sixth grader, came home and said, it through the Alexa left like a voice message, and it showed up on my app, and it was like, Mom, um, I saw an assembly at school today for Dare, and your medicine is not medicine, and I was like. <laughs> Uh, yeah and I was what? like you know, the, the the mom and me I, I wasn't really scared I was just like Ugh. and I was like this boy and I was mad at the way he came to talk to me about it and so all I did is I walked over with my phone and I said I understand what they teach it there they taught me the same thing I understand it hasn't evolved much I know what you saw at school that's fine but they haven't changed at all and your dad is the one who suggested I use it for my mental health. So I'm going to give you my phone right now. And I want you to Google cannabis and mental health. And then he did it on the phone and I gave it to him and I, you know, or he did it. And I said, pick any of these articles. There's enough, there's enough medical journal articles now, or like legit articles that he could Google that, pick something. And I said, just read a paragraph or so, you know, and so he did. And he turned around and he looked at me and he goes, I'm sorry. And it was a basic thing about cannabis has used, you know, cannabis has been used to fix mental health. And, you know, it was a very vague thing, but it was just, and all I said with that is you're going to learn a lot of things at school, but it's still up to you to do your own research and get your own information. And I'm not saying that the information I give you is, is right, but that's why I said you can do your own research and this is why I use it. And then I said, and if you ever come at me like that through the Alexa with a question, you're in trouble because that's some bullshit. And I said, don't do that to your mother. And so, and then I kind of told him. I, I can't believe they still have D.A.R.E. 
they still have cannabis as part of the curriculum in the DARE program. They should just remove it. They haven't changed anything. They still have the same logo. Like, they're just like, this is good. Stamp it out to the next year, you know? So, and I said, I know they're teaching you and that's fine or whatever for now, but you can also educate yourself. And so we're always, you know, trying to be a positive example. And he's old enough now and we've asked him um, specifically, like, you know, he can tell the difference between family members or groups of friends that like to drink versus the family and friends that he's met or friends that he's met that like to smoke. There's a difference now. And he said to us specifically when we went on vacation with another family, he's like, Oh mom, I don't think you want to, I don't think you want to go there. It's kind of crazy. And I was like, I was trying to interpret what his idea of crazy was. And he's like, well, why is it crazy? And he goes, well, just everyone's drinking and they're just crazy and loud and it's just so much chaos. And I was like, do you feel like that when, you know, cannabis, I want to know that you're, you know, what's your opinion? He goes, oh, I don't care about that. You guys are, you know, so he's, he's on his own recognizing some of the differences and there's good and bad in everything. Like there's people that abuse marijuana. There's people that abuse um, alcohol. There's people that abuse food. There's people, so you're going to have those negative stories and positive stories and everything. But I want him to be able to form those opinions on his own. Right, and so, like you have to be responsible with it. So yeah. either way, who, I mean, yeah. Yeah, and so our bong, you know, if it's in our room, they're out. You know, the bongs are out in the dresser or whatnot. I don't use it in front of them, but I don't hide the smell as much anymore. Like we have the air moving in the fan and whatnot. But they don't come into our room. That's our private area, you know, when we're, you know, using our cannabis at night or whatever. And they kind of understand that. Why do you keep doing that? And I'm losing my train of thought. They under, they understand that. And so it's kind of like, it's so normal for them now. It's in plain sight all the time that it's like, it's nothing, you know, and the flat, you know, the flower it's jarred up and I have like a closet and, you know, this and that and my stuff, you know, there's a block and whatnot. But at some point it becomes equivalent to, I mean, this is the way I would think of it. It becomes equivalent to that big bottle of rum or that big bottle of tequila. We have a bar stock. Or whatever it is that's under lights and on a glass shelf and sort of things in your house. And you think, or, or separately, or that same bottles of stuff that's in some cabinet that's locked and so, you know. If you're going to be ashamed of it. What message are we sending with any of that stuff? But, but you know, it's like, it's the same thing. So if you have you're to just gonna decide be, yeah. what you're going to do with it. Because we've had some struggles. Because he said, well, I don't want, you know, or he said, versus about what our kids know and don't know. And I said, well, if you're going to be an advocate, you need to, you know, you have to start at home mm-hmm. and make them, you know, start at home to be an advocate. And then it's easier on the outside, you know. And we have friends that... Um, I'm honest with them, like family friends, before their kids come over, if I get to know the parent enough, I will let them know. And I said, I just want you to let them know that I, um, I grow cannabis because the last thing I want is the kid's friend to go home and be like, Miss Laura has a weed. You know what I mean? <laughs> so I do make that point to like talk to the parents and this and that. And I haven't had a problem yet, but you know, we'll see as our kids become teenagers and they want to hang out and We'll see what friends stick around and what don't. <laughs> and that's fine with me. Yeah, that's like one fear that I would have is that maybe there's like a friend that 
my, my kid has it. Now their parent no longer wants them to come visit because they know that. Um, well, if that friend is the biased and judgmental, you don't want them as a friend anyway. And that's kind of what I say because our friends. But you can't decide that for your uh, child. Like, yeah. That's not fair. Like you can't decide that for one of the kids. That's not fair because then you're, I'm just, I'm just going to devil's advocate. I know. So it does, it, it will become an issue. And I think parents do this all the time. And like, that's a tough challenge. Yeah, a, but I have but no if, problem. But if we start normalizing it across yeah, be open. the communities, <laughs> yeah. then it is no different than that that same house that has the big bottle of rum up on, above the cabinet. Uh, or the gun. Because honestly, if you think about it, Laura We have rum on the cabinet, yeah. Bongs. And bongs. And bongs. But lots of bongs. I have bongs, yes. Lots of bongs. And they're pretty, and they're glass, and they're different things. So, and she's redoing her office and whatnot and my thought is they should be displayed she has a yeah. nice on the shelf and her clean everything but why wouldn't you put them in some kind of glass display shelf or something where you saw them all the time it's still no in my different. private area but yeah, yeah still in your yeah. it's in your office yeah. But yeah like it's no different than you know the meal. artwork you buy or something else that you want that makes you happy that you you, you buy mm-hmm. for a purpose they're, they're clean they're glass they're beautiful colors and stuff they're pieces yeah. of artwork they're all handmade so normalize it by doing stuff like that. So we have to start. And we normalize it. I think um, a lot of the times the people that I do talk to have to end up talking to about it are people that have known us long before that anyway. So it's like they already, you know, hopefully like us as humans. And then they find out this piece of information. And so it's kind of like, well, if they turn on you, then it makes it look. If they find it out day one, then it's like they're just, you know, they feel like they're allowed to judge, but they're like, oh, if I find this out, well, I can't not like you now because I'm like, well, and if you do, then that's your, so that's your choice. Yeah. That's what I'm saying. And I'm not saying you can't not really like me. really rarely happens. I think, I'm saying, I, I yeah. think the opposite happens. I think more often you tell people and then those people become Cannabis. Yes. Then, then next thing you know, you're their expert. You must have that experience. I'm going to talk, I'm going to talk on a podcast. It's so funny because yesterday we have neighbors and they're like the nicest, nicest people. So nice, polite, well-mannered. They're just really good people. And we talk to them all the time and she, you know, mm-hmm. She thinks I'm, I, you know, I have a potty mouth sometimes, but they appreciate it. It's like they laugh at all of the stuff that I say and we get into good conversations and they talk a lot. And I, I yesterday she came over. I hadn't seen her in a long time because of COVID or whatever, but she came over and uh, visited us and I was talking to her about the podcast, but like not being specific, right? Until I was like... Maybe she smelled it because we live right next door to her. So maybe she kind of, you know, somebody has smelled or think something. I said, you know what, whatever, fuck it. Let me be open with her. I don't give a fuck. Like she's, she, she's invested in me thus far. That's more what I'm saying. When they've already invested in you. I'm more confident telling them. Right. Yeah. So I thought, so I opened up to her and I started talking about all of this stuff and she was just fascinated i i was yeah. she she was about to leave and i opened up to her and she just came back in and sat down <laughs> and was like yeah fascinated yeah. Uh, her 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 daughter and, and then it was like it opened another conversation because i always wondered her daughter has a cerebral palsy she's she's in a wheelchair she has a lot of delays and stuff and you know 
And I, I always wondered, like, has she ever entertained the idea of using this for her daughter? Or So I even brought that up in conversation, and we had a really good conversation about it. And she knows people who have used it, but she ha- she uses another method with her daughter. And, like, it was really just such an interesting thing. Natural open. Yeah, See, that's, like, part of, that's part of normalizing it, right? So it's we're all uncomfortable, right? We're all tiptoeing on it. But then... You start having those conversations, invariably you'll have some negative ones, but the vast majority are open-minded, interested, asking to learn, looking for more. So that's part of normalizing, I think. I think listening to people, being open to it, and then, you know, making that judgment, maybe maybe loosening ourselves a little bit to it. You know, unfortunately, we have to remove all the risks we're put under. You know, there's so many people out there in states that this is illegal and or they yeah. have concerns. And so they're probably so incredibly fearful for, because, wow, I mean, can you imagine if, if you, you were concerned? That would just be such a hard thing to do. You can't even ask people's information on anything because no. you never know what somebody's going to do. You know? I know. You never know. Yeah. So, you know, you kind of, I like to lead by example and kind of not change myself according to who I'm around you know, or not. And it's kind of, that's just kind of how I end up people talking to me about it because even some school friends that we've, you know, traveled with, they were very anti and now um, they're on board and they're using it to treat their PTSD and fibro and all that. And it's, it's, it just makes me happy to see people more willing to accept it normally. There's a lot of really frustrated people that are out there that are not, getting help with prescription medicines that have been through a lot of things or just can't afford it too. I mean, stuff's incredibly expensive. Um, And they can now get just, they're open to this option, which is actually affordable and um, becoming more acceptable. Although it still has its challenges in a lot of ways. Yeah. And you can uh, catch her on canamomgang.com. They got some really nice merchandise. We're all part of the canamom gang. Um, and uh, Mrs. Boysenbud is her uh, handle on Instagram. Check her out. Hey, <laughs> what up? I you, Miami. So uh, on the no- on the subject of Disney World, which we talk too much that. about constantly. <laughs> <clears throat> Nobody wants to go. Apparently, this is what it, this article said. It said that it turns out people don't want to go to Disney World. So after the controversial decision to reopen Disney World in mid-July. Which was silly. They could have put it off In the middle of a pandemic, Mm -hmm. uh, Disney executives have said fewer people have visited the park than they had hoped. Oh, Jesus. Did they really expect people were going to flock back? But this is what's happening, I think, is that um, you are required now to reserve the day you're going in advance. So you have to, like, reserve the day. And they don't allow anybody else but anybody that reserved on that day and there's going to be cancellations people are going to end up deciding not going for whatever reason so i don't know how many people they allot for in the day let's just say two thousand for the day if hundred a few hundred of those people cancel they don't get to make up for that but they have to be prepared for it so yeah I mean, I think they'll be okay, but like, oh my god, I, I don't even know where to start. Okay, so uh, with the with the polls, 
So only a third of Americans say they currently feel safe to go out to eat. Roughly a quarter say they'd feel comfortable going on vacation or going to the movies, which I'm seeing a lot of people just do all these things. But movie theaters, are they're not open, are they? Movie theaters is a little... They're not open, I don't different. think. I don't think those are open. And plus, nobody's shooting any TikToks at the movies. No movies are being released. 19% say they'd feel safe going to an amusement park like Disney World. 19%. Plus, it, people right now are, don't even have jobs. Like, people can't be people affording lavish vacations at freaking Disney World and shit. Because, hey, because you could drop a lot of money in Disney World. Think about a lot of the people local. that are annual pass holders or people that live around Disney. And a lot of them probably live, or sorry, work in either entertainment or service or a lot of jobs that have been cut. Mm-hmm. In, most of the ones that have been affected the most with this right because people aren't going out so those are probably the most commonly people that went every day the pass holders that live in the area so they don't even have their regular pass holder traffic probably yeah i know it's super empty which is great because (laughs) it's so part of the whole reason i didn't like going to disney world is because it would get so fucking packed balls to the wall packed yeah if it wasn't so damn hot right now i'd say let's ditch our kids with our husbands for a weekend and like let's just go over there and go through disney with five minute waits not even they i've seen tiktoks where like there are no waits you walk right on you walk right on the rides i know but i can't like live carefree and like think I don't know. But I would what you, you do is you wear your mask the whole time. Since there's no lines, you're in and out. We take our... They're going to have sanitizer and, and things everywhere all the time. You're just always washing your hands and being away from other people. Which and sounds don't touch like your a face. Dream, which sounds like a dream to me, quite honestly. And don't touch your face. Not having to be around people at Disney World. Yeah. But there's like such an ominous like feeling to that. It has to be too. weird. Like... Walking through Disney and it's empty. Just weird. Even when you're like, okay, Pirates of the Caribbean is usually pretty fast to get in and go. I've never really had to wait too long to get in there. Mm, yeah. You that can find pretty, some short wait times And sometimes it's like kind of creepy. But sometimes it's pretty long. When it's really, really slow. You know? Yeah. I don't know. We should go. <laughs> Not now. It's too hot. I don't know. Unless we go super early in the morning when it's still not too hot. We just kill everything in two hours and be out. I know. It sounds so great. And I see people. And I don't know. I'm torn between feeling like I'm I know jealous I have of from- them going out and doing these things. But also feeling like, dude. One of my friends is going. To Disney World? Mm-hmm. Are they, do they have kids? No. It's one of my Disney adult friends that's obsessed with Disney pass holder all his life and and he's got the disney mask already <laughs> probably i don't know disney you could just buy masks there <laughs> you saw the video of the guy like uh, looking around with his mickey hand <laughs> yeah i wanted to punch that guy in the face so hard oh you're so mean <laughs> yeah, I, know I am. <laughs> because i was like you're so mean <laughs> 
I was like, you guys. <laughs> I wanted to be like, dub it and be like, hey, we're hey, we're ready. We're ready for COVID, guys. Let's go get COVID. He's like, As he's like charging everybody in. You can social distance. I know. I'm going to be like bubble boy. <laughs> I would have, but I wouldn't fit. I wouldn't be able to fit in any of the rides. And sanitize everything and wash your hands a lot. <laughs> I know we're just saying how we don't want to go to restaurants and we I don't want to go. And then feel so awkward. <laughs> and we're like, but Disney. And I see people drinking and eating. I see that's where I would probably not want time. to do. Is I mean maybe yeah yeah we eat and drink out. We just like take it to take out. We're not sitting in a restaurant. Right, but you, you would be to, sitting outside in Disney. You're like, don't go inside to any of the places. You could have outdoor meals. Right, right. Just stay in outdoor settings. I don't know. I got to follow up with these people and be like, hey, so how was your experience overall? Like, did you get in, sick? With my friend who's going? Oh, yeah. I mean, and anybody, even any of these freaking we need We need to know somebody videos. that gives us some feedback. Yeah, tell us. If you go to Disney, 14, approximately 10 to 14 days after their visit. How are you feeling? Did you have any symptoms? But it takes 10 to 14 days. No, for I you think to... it's like three or four days before you start feeling yeah, symptoms. Yeah, like I think it's like the flu. Like you would feel it within a few days. Not entirely sure. Any who's <laughs> and what's it do's. <laughs> yeah. We're peacing out. What is that? <laughs> Bye. <laughs> no, I was thinking of... Don't worry. <laughs> Any other closing statements on this case? Um, lawyer, attorney Jay? <laughs> We're not talking about the case anymore. We're talking about how Disney, no one's going. I know, but I'm trying to find a way to close the show. <laughs> and you're f- just... You should have just yes-anded me. So we're gonna. I gotta get you to take an improv class. Sorry, I had to Hermione correct you. <laughs> <laughs> well, thank you guys so much for listening to us and uh, being friends with us. Thanks so much if you're, um, you know, contributing to the podcast. Uh, you could do monthly donations. Um, thanks so much for Lauren and April. They're already contributing. Or, you know, you can go to our store and purchase one of our goodies. Either way, it's all money that goes back into the podcast so we can keep making things for you. And as al- as always, if you have any constructive criticism uh, any or any requests or anything, just hit us up. DM us. We're always um, open to, to talking to you guys on the DMs. Uh, thanks so much for spending your break with us and have a great rest of your day. Bye.